Send for the women. The women who will pray. The women who have talents, gifts, and resources. To do serious damage to demonic agendas. Send for the women. The women who will mourn. The women who haven't allowed bitterness and hate to turn them into mere mannequins. The women who aren't so downtrodden that they've forgotten how to feel. Send for the women who still have the ability to feel and cry so they might wail against what the devil is doing. Send for the women who will weep and wail. The women who will mourn in sackcloth and ashes. Send for the women. The women who will wake up, everyone around them, calling out, the devil is destroying us. Death is on its way. Send for the women who will be God's warning shout to his people, his alarm system, his tornado signal, his air raid siren. The women who God will use to warn his people of the impending consequences of sin. Send for the women who have a God-given destiny to destroy the power of Satan over God's people by waking them up and calling them to a morning of repentance. Women who would teach their daughters to weep against sin and the assault of the devil. Send for the women. Women who have a destiny to open their mouth and cry against the evil that the devil has put upon God's people. Women who have ideas to be voiced, energy to be released, abilities to be exercised, power to be loosed, spiritual gifts to be expressed, prayers to be prayed. Send for the women who look toward the future. To what they can be, what they can do, what they can say, what they can pray, what they can possess that will bring glory to God. Defeat the devil and see a nation saved. Send for the women. Well, hey, welcome to the Busy Believer Podcast. I'm your host, Monica, and I have a question for you. Do you often find that you talk to yourself a lot throughout the day in any of the circumstances that we deal with day to day? Well, I found out some interesting facts, and we're going to discuss it here today on The Busy Believer. So join us as we dig right into this. So welcome to the show. Talking to yourself. Hmm. I don't know that our thoughts and talking to ourselves, is that one and the same? Or is it actually the verbal, audible voice of ourselves where we are critiquing ourselves or whether we are trying to figure out what did she mean? What did he mean? Oh my gosh, that woman is crazy. You know, things like that. If that is talking to ourselves, then I guess, yes, I'm guilty. But our thoughts, our thoughts are one thing. And something powerful happens when we actually verbalize what God thinks and says about us versus our own thoughts and our own talking to ourselves conversations that we have as we're on the road, as we're washing dishes, wherever we are in that circumstance that we're facing right at the moment. And you know, with all the negative talk that is out there and what we do to ourselves, we know that the enemy is out seeking whom he may devour, right? And so if we are constantly critiquing ourselves, well, geez, I would think that we would talk ourselves to death and we would actually make the job easier on the devil with what we do to ourselves. He's out to destroy us, but we do it to ourselves so much that our outcome 
and our outlook on ourselves will never flourish. It'll never be what we've always dreamed it would be. But you know, people tend to believe what they hear repeatedly, whether it's it's true or not. We start rationalizing things that go on in our day-to-day life or what somebody said to us or what they just kind of like, well, what did you mean by that? Oh, nothing. And then we internalize it and we turn it into a mountain. And you know, psychologists have said that their self-help books that either have the chapter or the entire book is dedicated on speaking kindly to ourselves. It's that positive self-talk scenario, right? And as I looked more and more into it, I found that studies have shown that the average person, we actually talk about 150 to 200 words per minute, like out loud. Now, I'm not talking about your podcaster, your radio host, your customer service rep. Those people, it's, you cannot even put them into that category. But it's the average person that we're looking at. But now check this out. When it comes to talking to ourselves, well, the numbers skyrocket right there. And it actually goes at a rate of 1,200 words per minute. Per minute. And 90% of it is self-destructive. It's negative. We are our, our own worst critics. Can you imagine 1,200 words per minute? That means, I mean, we are actually talking to ourselves more than we, what we do out there to each other. I mean, geez, you look at social media out there right now and it's just rampant. It's just going. You see posts coming as, as quicker than you can actually finish reading one post. You got five coming up right along with it by the same person. So what's the alternative? What do we do when we are beating ourselves up with all of the negative, destructive, critiquing of ourselves? It's one thing to talk to ourselves, but it's another when we are doing the enemy's job and destroying ourselves and not doing what God has called us to do. And you're like, well, wait a minute, Monica, what do you mean called us to do? God called us to to tell the world about Jesus, right? That's the number one mission, yes. But what I'm saying is throughout Scripture, God has, has put in there things where it says that we are to sing a new song. We are to think about things that are pure. Think about things that are lovely. Think about things that are of good report. And as I dug and found scripture from Genesis all the way through Revelations, there wasn't a time where God says, you know, you really ought to take a moment and tear down yourself because you really aren't worth anything but just the dust of the earth. Nowhere in scripture does God say that. It is always a better view of us, the one that created us has a better view of us than we actually have on ourselves. So what do we do? We speak life and we speak victory over our circumstances, over 
all of the problems that we go through. And believe me, I've been there before. And I have found, as I look back in life, that it was those times where I had to actually get down on my knees or say quietly while I'm washing dishes or throwing the laundry in and say, wait a minute, I'm a daughter of the king. I'm a daughter of the one true living God. I don't walk towards victory. I walk in victory. And God says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So even though I'm going through this valley of the shadow of death, because us girls tend to do that, we make a, a, is it a mountain out of a molehill? Yeah, (laughs) we tend to make a mountain out of a molehill. We make it bigger than what it actually is. And you know, when the enemy comes in like a flood, it is a battle of the mind. That's where we just, we tear ourselves down. It, it is totally addressing the battlefield. So how do we win when we are speaking that much to ourselves? I found a title to it. It's called Words of Warfare. That's what I'm talking about when we start quoting scripture to ourselves. That's where the words of warfare come in. Do you ever see that picture that is all over Pinterest? And it usually has um, somebody, whether it's a woman or a guy, dressed in armor. And it says, the devil whispered in my ear, you're not strong enough to withstand the storm. And what does the bottom subtitle say? Today I whispered in the devil's ear, I am a child of God, a woman or a man of faith, a warrior of Christ. I am the storm. See, it's things like that, those simple things. The world has it right out there when they're creating all of these images with quotes like this. See, the world knows the secret of how to defeat the enemy. They just choose not to. But as believers, we beat ourselves up over and over and over. And we wonder why our prayers aren't answered. We wonder why... Our family is going through the issues that they are going through or your spouse is fighting for a job or just all of the situations that we go through. It is the battle of the mind. It is thinking of who you really are in Christ. It is actually knowing who am I in Christ? What does God say about me? There's a song that we sing um, at church. And as I was listening to this song, just each time we sang it, I started listening and I was like, wow, this is really a true faith song. I mean, it's, it builds you up. It makes you look at the situation that you are in, in a totally different perspective. The song's called Take You at Your Word, and it is sung by Cody Carnes, and I'll put it in the description below. Whatever music app that you're using out there in today's world, I would encourage you, go look up Cody Carnes and this song, Take You at Your Word. It speaks life into you, into your circumstance. It gets you to change your perspective, to reminisce on the things that God has brought you from. When we look back, that's why we remember our sins, our past, because God knew that we were going to slip into these times. 
So we had to remember, oh, I remember, Lord, when you helped me out of that situation, or when you helped my kids get out of this or get into this, when you brought my kids back, my prodigal kids back to you. I remember when you saved me from the depths of despair. And it's really one of those types where we can reminisce and think about all that and then come back and go, I remember what you have done. And because your promises never fail, I'm going to stand on your word. I'm going to take you at your word. It's a great and powerful song. So I would encourage you, go look it up. You know, and another thing too that I found, and I touched on it just a little bit, but it is, it is actually knowing who you are in Christ and how God sees you. It combats every negative thought that you project on yourself. And it combats every negative thought that when the enemy comes in, it destroys what he tries to project on you. Those trash talking points. And if we start saying, hey, no, I am a child of the living God. And we said, I am more than a conqueror through Christ. God says you are more. What could be more than a conqueror? We are kings. We are queens in God's kingdom. We will rule one day with him. See, the enemy is trying to steal those thoughts from us. He's always looking to return us to nothing but dust. And if he can do that, he can cash in his paycheck every single time. So I started looking up some scripture. It's interesting to note, there was not one thing I could not find that became my favorite. Each time I found a scripture, I was like, whoa, this is good. I write this one down. And then I would go over and go, wow, this one's good. Write this one down. Okay, Monica, I've got 10 verses. Now, which of these are the top three or top five to just share with you today? And I actually could not narrow it down. So <laughs> I will just randomly pick, all right? Because I know you guys are trying to, it's called the busy believer for a reason, right? You guys are busy. You're on your way to get to whatever it is you are trying to do is Psalms 139, 13 to 16, about how he formed us in our mother's womb. And like I tell my people over on Patreon, as I'm getting to this scripture, hey, if you would like to join me on Patreon uh, for some writing that I'm doing, I'm in the works of putting out a book. And so Psalms 139, 13 to 16. And I'm sure a lot of you know this. And what I always tell my people um, on Patreon is I like to use the NIV just for podcasting because it keeps me on track and I'm not having to just sit there and go, okay, what does he mean by this and explain it and get off track? I like to use NIV just for the sake of the show. Whatever version that you have, stick with it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. All right. Verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Why would David say that we are fearfully and wonderfully made 
and that anything that God makes, any of his works are wonderful. So why are we saying, I'm not worth that? I can never amount to that. That's just one verse how David is sitting here saying, I am made wonderful. I mean, can you imagine being born with a finger coming out your ear? So you are wonderfully made. You are perfectly made. There is nothing wrong with you physically. And that's the thing. Here out there in the world today, we have the whole transgender issue. Everybody wants to change who they are. They don't accept who they are. They have that negative outlook on them. And yes, they have that evil demonic spirit in them. So for them to come out and just change who they are, when God says that they are fearfully and wonderfully made in the womb is beyond me. But let's continue. <laughs> All right. Psalms uh, 17. Psalm 17. I was just like, wow, Lord, you really said this about me? And it is just amazing what the Lord says. Verse 8. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who are out to destroy me from my moral enemies who surround me. God looks at us as the apple of his eye. You know, usually that would show favoritism. That's how we would look at it to this day. And you know, when you think about that, and even for me, and I think about that, I think of my kids and I'm like, wow, my kids are the apple of my eye. They are, they are my heart and soul. I love them equally to death. Just to hear that we are the apple of God's eye shows such favoritism for those that believe and that are righteous and that are called by his name. There's the favoritism from those that say no to the Lord, that have that reprobate mind. He hates the sin. He loves the sinner, yes. But those that choose the Lord, we are the apple of his eye. I mean... That right there was just like, wow, Lord, you really do see me as somebody special. No matter if my hair is straight, no matter if my hair is short, no matter if I'm going bald or have no hair, we are special to the Lord. And over in Romans now, there's a couple chapters in Romans, but Romans 4, starting in verse 7, even Paul says, Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Then he goes on to say, Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. You know, we would all desire a blessing from the Lord. And there it is right there that Paul says, we are blessed. And the fact that, see, when we stand before the Lord, we will stand before him with the Lord's blood washed over us. And he sees Jesus when he sees us. And that right there is a major, major blessing. So how do we combat all of those thoughts that we go through and we tear ourselves up and we think that we are worthless and we can never amount to anything? I could never be the CEO of a company. I could never be rich. Why is it that the rich keep getting richer and I just keep getting poor? Well, yes, it's the tax thing. I get it. But if we continue to trust in the Lord, you have to look for your blessing. All right. So 
Philippians 4, starting in verse 4. Paul, is this Paul? Uh, yes, Paul. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. And check this out. He says, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which will transcend all our understanding. See, we're not going to get everything that God does for us. It's going to be totally mind-blowing. You won't be able to understand it. And then he goes on to say, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Because see, he knew that the enemy is going to come and seek, kill, and destroy us. So you have to guard your heart and mind. Well, how do you do that, Monica? Put the word of God in your heart. Put praise music on. Put worship music on. Get to know God's word. It is a sword. It is the wall of protection around us that will stop the enemy. Well, what do you mean by that, Monica? Well, you know what? When the enemy comes in to start slamming you with every negative thought possible, like you're not strong enough to withstand the storm, <laughs> you know, that's where scripture comes in. Because we know, guess what? When I am more than a conqueror, I bring the storm. So devil, get to stepping. We will know the word of God and to be able to fight him. And he will have to flee. And then Paul goes on to say, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, here it is, guys. Think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. That's what we're supposed to do. Not to be tearing ourselves up the way we see the world do out there so much. And here in um, Colossians uh, 3, 12 through 17, and it actually says uh, right here, therefore, as God's chosen people. Wow. First of all, you're chosen. How can we say we're not worthy? How can we say, well, you know, I'm a screw up. How can we say, well, I'm stupid? No, God says you are a chosen people. You're holy and you're dearly loved. That doesn't sound like an idiot. Now, that doesn't sound like, well, I'll never amount to anything. He goes on to say, clothe yourself with compassion. Be compassionate about whatever it is that you're doing. If you work on computers, be glad that you have the skill set to work on computers because not everybody has that gift. Be compassionate about it. Go for it. Be compassionate towards others who don't understand the computer world. Be kind. He says, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And then he goes on and says, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude 
in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So see, just right there, it almost just sums everything up about how we are to look at ourselves or what to do when we come across those battles of the mind where Satan wants to destroy us or when we try to destroy ourselves with all the negative thoughts. He says, hey, sing, do psalms, do hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing with God with gratitude in your heart. I have found that when I go through something, and a lot of it has even been just with sometimes my own family who are not saved, I have found that I have to go, you know what, to myself now. I cannot get upset at them because they are walking blindly in the forest and they don't see it and they get the attitude with me or roll their eyes or, you know, well, that's just your religion. That I have found that I have to often go, Lord, I remember being there walking around in the darkness and I remember being there rolling my eyes at my mom or the friend that I knew that was a Christian. You know what? I'm going to praise you, Lord, because I remember being there and I know that when you set your word out, it won't return to you void because I know what it did in my heart and I know that I was called back to the Lord. What do we do when Satan comes? Say scripture, words of warfare. And if you don't know the scripture, find your favorite scriptures. Look it up. There's the Version Bible app and there is all the books of the Bible. In there it has Bible plans. And you can look up all different kind of plans. If you have have issues where you're dealing with anxiety or fear or hopelessness or which are the main things that a lot of people deal with in today's society because of what's going on. There's all kinds of Bible plans in there to help you get through it. You can always come back to the Busy Believer podcast and look for words of encouragement, Bible study to help you when time is short to hear the word of God in your day-to-day hustle. I just want to close it with that and let you know that what God says about you when you are your worst critic. And with that, have a blessed day, everybody. Well, hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast, The Busy Believer. And if you like the episode or think it will be useful for someone else, Hey, please give us a review over at podchaser.com forward slash busy believer. And if you have any questions, you can jump on over to Truth Social and follow me at the busy believer. And remember, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Isaiah 43.1. Have a blessed day.